trauma, subversion, and anguish all in a bubbly package. We watch Madoka Magica and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello everyone and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you as always is me, your host, producer, weave of all trades, and literal girl of your nightmares, PJ. And me, a sociopathic cat fox thing. Skylar. And today we are joined by our close friend and podcast aficionado, Beck. And whether it's mages, magi, magica, or magic with a K, I'm in. <laughs> well, uh, Beck, why don't you tell me what your history or connection to anime is? So when I was nine or so, I found Sailor Moon, and that's where I began and ended my anime adventures. Um, I was the Sailor Jupiter of my friend group, obviously, and um, I used to go <laughs> I used to go to Japantown, and there's this one store in Chinatown, too, in San Francisco that had a lot of Sailor Moon stuff, and I just collected and watched and watched and collected, but I never moved into anything past the series that was on TV at the time. So I'm pretty new. And then uh, you guys know I'm married to an anime fan. So I'm near anime a lot of the time, but not (laughs) in proximity to anime. (laughs) Anime by association. (laughs) Today we are going to go down a little bit more anime with you. As today we are watching Puella Magi Madoka Magica or simply known as Madoka Magica. Based on the name, what did you think this anime was going to be about? So my first thought is that it's obviously something to do with magic. It's That's fair. Dead wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's based on magi or magi. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, and and It's magica. just not maga. It's not. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know what Puella or Madoka is. Um, so that's all very confusing. I assume it doesn't have anything to do with Modoc from Marvel. So that's, you know, we'll put that aside. And then I guess my initial thought is with all of that magic, it's probably like a wizard school, like a magic school, Harry Potter style. Okay. Just far less turfs involved. Hopefully no turfs. Um, Hopefully no turfs. Minimal turfs, if if any. But if they are MAGA, there might be some turfs. Oh, no. It's true. Once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change at all about what it was about? Um, Now that I've seen the poster, I don't have any more clues. Uh, it still could be a magic school, uh, but if it is, it's an all-girls magic school. And uh, everyone has like a themed specialty. So like Old West, Dollhouse, Knights, Sorcerers, maybe. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were going to say like, like themed elementals. specialty. Like, exactly. I was like, well, this person has fire magic. But oh, you're like, no. oh, no, <laughs> not at all. No, like costume themes. Um, so I, I have a little bit of Sailor Moon vibes here uh, with the different hair colors and the skirts. But there are guns in this picture. So I'm <laughs> I'm not so sure what's happening. It's just Sailor Moon with guns. So then let's talk about these characters on the poster then. So why don't you tell me what you think about this character in the back with black hair? Okay, this one in the back, she is quiet and moody. I think she's like the serious one. She's got a bow, uh, like a bow and arrow. So um, she's not close to people, I think is probably her vibe. She's Ooh. probably 
a rule follower based on her sort of Victorian jacket. I don't think she's my favorite. Well, why don't you tell me about the character on the right with blue hair then? My first thought with her is, oh, blue hair. She's the Sailor Mercury smart one, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) But she's got this sort of smirk or grimace on her face. So maybe she's the wry, witty one. Um, She's got a bustier and a cape, which is kind of cool. And she's got a sword. So she's up in your face, obviously. Um, And maybe has quips, unlike the bow and arrow one who's, you know, she's just doing her job. Otherwise... You know, maybe she can fly if this is a magic thing because she has the cape. But I'm I'm not really sure what her apron's about. Like, is she a maid? I'm not sure what's happening there. <laughs> well, then what about the character on the left with blonde hair? I think she's probably my favorite just looking at these because why is she Old West? She's got a real Annie get your gun but fashionable vibe complete I with her oldie timey gun. She's clearly the funny one. She probably has... Well, okay, so this doesn't make any sense for it being in Japanese, but I picture her having like a southern accent or an old west accent. <laughs> but in <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> she has her mouth open, so I think she's mid joke. And uh, and I like her fingerless gloves. Everyone was wearing, wearing fingerless, fingerless gloves. gloves. Damn it, PJ. All right. Well, then why don't we round it out with our character in the front and center with the pink hair? So uh, she's clearly the protagonist. She's pretty frilly. She's sort of doll-like. Um, I don't see a weapon on her. So maybe she's like the whole magic user. Like if it were D&D, she'd be the sorcerer or or the wizard or something like that. Okay. She's maybe like casting a spell and yelling or singing. If this is one of those anime with singing moments. She is the magica. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Because my only reference is Sailor Moon. I'm like, is she going to be like the whiny one? The sort of like, you know, kicks a lot of butt, but as a teenager she's like maybe not as together and maybe there are musical numbers and she's the lead singer i like this like band that you're putting together (laughs) with them it's very spice girls there's like the old west one and the dark one and the maid one i made spice i'm west spice (laughs) um and her eyes are pink which is like pretty interesting uh maybe that's like where the magic comes from is like a possession or i don't know you don't see a lot of pink eyes (laughs) well you do see pink eyes but not pink eyes like this well okay (laughs) this all girls school all girl band all magic all the time story sounds fascinating sounds interesting i'd watch it yeah so let's see if we are gonna watch it because we're gonna take a quick break and watch episodes one and two of madoka magica and come back and talk about it so stay tuned everyone all right we're back and we had back watch episodes one and two of puella magi madoka magica what did you think okay so it's not a band and it's not a wizard school (laughs) i was very confused because uh in the beginning they have that friend who is also sort of blonde but she ends up not being the blonde one so the whole time i was like is this the old west one is this the old west one and no she wasn't but i liked it i really liked it i thought um it was sailor moon-esque but really different in a lot of ways aesthetically different super aesthetically different and no as far as as I know, no moon princess background. It's a very like you get regular people and bring them into this world. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. 
I'm super excited to keep talking about what this is. Let's take a quick moment to get through some housekeeping about what it was. So Puella Magi Madoka Magica was created by the anime collective known as Magica Quartet, which consists of Aikiyuki, Shinbo, Gen Urobuchi, and Ume Aoki with Studio Shaft. It is an original anime, as in it is not based on a manga at all. The series ran from January to April of 2011 for a total of 12 episodes. The series also has three films, the first two, Beginnings and Eternal, acting as basically like recaps or like remakes of the original series, with the third movie, Rebellion, being a wholly new story. There is a fourth movie titled Rising, which was just announced April of this year, uh, set to release at some point. There are several manga based on the Madoka Magica anime, along with a novel, two video games, and a spin-off video game series named Magia Record, which itself has gotten a manga adaptation and a separate two-season anime. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. I like that the spinoff has more seasons than the original. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> 2011 surprises me because they were using flip phones. And But also, all the classes in the house are so futuristic aesthetically. Which like... we'll get to. I have a lot to say about this futuristic house. <laughs> With, before we get there, let's quickly break down episode one and two. Madoka Kaname's dream of Homura Akemi fighting Walpurgisnacht from another time. <laughs> Dreams of her fighting Walpurgisnacht from another timeline. Madoka wakes up and goes to school. At her school, she finds that a new girl has enrolled in her class, who is Homura Akabi from her dream. Homura asks to go to the nurse, and she takes Madoka with her. In the hallway, she tells Madoka not to try to change her life. Madoka and Sayaka are at the store, and then Madoka hears Kyubei inside her head. She hears her calling for help, and she follows that noise to find Homura trying to kill Kyubei. Sayaka then appears to spray Homura with a fire extinguisher and helps Madoka. The two are caught in a barrier while fleeing. Mami Tomoe appears and saves them, though, and Homura leaves. Mami heals Kyubei, and Kyubei says that Madoka and Sayaka can become magical girls if they form a contract. Mami tells Sayaka and Madoka that she will take them on a witch hunt because it is a very hard decision, and it is also very risky because a magical girl may die in the process of hunting. They then discuss Humura attacking Kyubei, and Kyubei says that Humura was intending to stop them from meeting, speculating that it could be to avoid competition since the victor gets the grief seed. Kyubei comes with Madoka to school, where they discover that they can use telepathy. Homura approaches Madoka again later and reveals she did not intend to stop Kyubei from meeting Madoka. No, that she did intend to stop Kyubei from meeting Madoka. She failed and restates her previous warning of not trying to change her life. Madoka asks Homura what her wish was, but she doesn't respond. Sayaka and Madoka meet Mami after school to hunt witches. Sayaka brings a bat, and Madoka brings designs she has for outfits, making Sayaka and Mami laugh. Mami uses her soul gem to get to the witch's location. They wander through and then find the witch, Gertrude. At one point, Mami appears to be unconscious and Madoka and Sayaka are worried until Mami states that she won't lose in front of her future students. She defeats Gertrude and then picks up the grief seed and she explains what it does and then uses it to restore her power. After she uses it, she tosses it to a hiding Homura and Homura throws it back saying it is hers. She then leaves and the others head back and that's episodes one and two of Madoka Magica. So um, just so you both know that um, the Pank at the Disco cover areas that they're in are are called witch labyrinths wait i'm so confused by what you just said okay so you know the place that they go within the barrier that looks like the pank of the disco covers from like the early 2000s oh i see what you're saying yeah they're called witch labyrinths yeah (laughs) i wrote down decoupage terry gilliam style yeah so many scissors yeah scissors butterflies cotton balls with arms and legs it's a real interesting vibe it's very grunge too yeah oh yeah no it's it's very interesting i was not expecting it 
it was a like the the first dream sequence I wrote down inception and then um once we got to the witch labyrinth i was not expecting that to be uh uh, what we would see in an anime yeah it's literally just such a departure of what you would consider like art style to be in, in a traditional anime can we talk about briefly and you guys have more experience with this type of anime than i do is it common for underage children to be entering binding contracts yes okay unfortunately common yeah i'm a contracts manager uh by day and uh that was very surprising to me um the quote make a contract with me and become a magical girl and i wrote fun with contracts but then i was worried that these girls would be entering in contracts you know without their lawyer present well, unfortunately, there is no magic lawyer, only magical girls and magical contracts. And magical fox cat rabbits? What? That what are sociopaths. For crabbits. For crabbits. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like I'm just saying fuck rabbits. It does. I know. Which also fuck rabbits, but. <laughs> That's what other rabbits do. Don't fuck rabbits, just rabbits fuck them (laughs) no actually i love rabbits they're cute but they do scream like people and it is terrifying very concerning you know but yeah there's it's so interesting that it's like this weird like for like i don't know it's very manipulative what qba is doing right like qba is low-key like a problem (laughs) oh yeah such a problem but it's so hard to tell right because He's cute and he is offering power and mommy's into it, but then Humora is trying to kill him. And when we first ran into him, when Humora was trying to kill him, the note I wrote was, I knew she wasn't my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) See, whereas she is my favorite. (laughs) I do like, I guess my instinct was that I like mommy the best. And I do, but I also do like the blue-haired one whose name is... Sayaka. Sayaka. And then the friend who I was confused about is is like no one. She's just sad. Yeah. She she's thinks like that, literally no one. She yeah, thinks she's just... that they're going to be lesbians without her and is really yeah. upset about it. <laughs> yes, she's Wouldn't very you be? sad. Like, if all your friends were leaving to go be lesbians without you, like that'd be such a problem. <laughs> I guess it's they're not leaving her. She she was doing tea ceremony lessons, wasn't she? Right. She's she's leaving them. Well, that's what happens when you're rich. Oh yeah. So like Madoka's house is like it's like you know it's Dizzy's smart house on crack. <laughs> it's gorgeous. That bathroom is so much bathroom, and then one little counter. Yeah, that's it's true. colossal. It's hugely spacious. Yeah. And I like that it has in the bathroom just digital screens that are like, yes, this is what the current exchange rate of money is. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know that the mom is a powerful businesswoman. I was going to say, I love how like the mom is just she's a really good role model. She's like a strong businesswoman who likes to look pretty and she, you know, she's all in her stuff. I love it. And then the dad has like that traditional like he's the one making the meals. He has like yeah, he's a, a stay-at-home very, dad. Like yeah, yeah, he has a very sensitive like conversation with his children. It's cute. I love it. Yeah, I did not expect stay-at-home dad in this 
massive house. That was cool. That was a cool thing to have. Yeah, I wrote down the mom saying, boys who don't confess their love are no good. I liked that. That was useful. Yeah, Junko is a great character. Yes. Her really organized makeup box was fascinating. I know. I was so jealous. Yeah, it's that's not what mine looks like. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of stuff that's happening, like kind of throughout the beginning of this episode, I didn't talk about it in like the recap because it's not super important. But like the very beginning of the series has like the curtains rise and like the title card. And that's like pretty like different, unique. It's like almost like we're starting to watch a story, which isn't usually how you actually interact with shows. Mm -hmm. And I was looking it up and I guess what it is, it's uh, the title of the prologue for Faust is what the what the title card is. Oh, wow. For the prologue in Himmel, it's the prologue of Faust. And I was like, oh, so like this is going to be dark as hell. Yeah. Wow. that. That makes a lot more sense. I mean, if you look at becoming a magic girl as selling your soul. Which it kind of is in this, like... I think we, like, didn't uh, emphasize that Kuve is offering a wish. Like, you could have whatever wish you want. Yeah, no, you can make whatever wish. If you went, I wish for um, my dog to live forever. That's a good one. You would have your dog forever, but... In return, you have to fight witches and be magical okay. girl. That's even more manipulative, right? Yeah, it's like, definitely a deal with the devil That would be type like thing. if I was like, hey, you can have any wish you want, but once you do complete that wish, you have to be marvelous. That's some like Rumpelstiltskin stuff, you know? Yeah. It really is, yeah. Deal with the devil, baby. Yeah, no, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that, I'm assuming these are like sixth graders-ish. They're 14, I think. 14? Okay, so like some middle grade. school. Yeah. yeah. What I mean, they touched on a little a little bit in that when you're privileged and a kid, what are you going to wish for that's going to be good enough, you know, or worth it to like sell your soul? To sell your soul. Yeah, and and she's having a really hard time. I really appreciated that the first thing she did was draw her costume because that's total me vibes. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> um especially once you see what the other Magica girls look like. It's like, oh, what's my special Magica uniform going to look like? And uh, right. they kind of made fun of her. And I was like, no, that's smart. You got to know what vibe you're going to bring to the table. Yeah. Like, because what if your outfit, like, really sets you apart and it, like, dictates what weapon you're going to get, what fighting style you're going to do? For sure. It's like uh, in, like elementary school and sometimes middle school when you'd play like the mermaid game in the pool and then your par- your powers would be based off what color tail you have. I, I need you to explain this game more to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everyone with a pool uh, would have like, you know, like when your friends come over to swim and stuff and you're just like vibing, like Someone always is like, hey, do you want to play mermaids with me? And that's when you pretend to be mermaids. And then, like, each mermaid has, like, a, you know, a power. And then usually that power, like, correlated with what color your tail was and what color your hair was. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. It has to. They have to correspond. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So maybe it's because I've only seen the first two episodes. But can we talk about the introduction where she is canoodling with a naked older version of herself? It's not. 
an older version. It okay, so it's complicated. Because <laughs> uh, I did watch the whole series like a while ago. It is complicated, and it is like a spoiler that I can't really get into until you okay. like finish it because it's something that comes into play much like towards the end. Okay, that makes more sense then that it will come up. Yeah, it is important. Well, we'll definitely have to get to that at some point because yeah it is it was very interesting for me too as someone watched like kind of actually watching this for the first time again i mean i know obviously kind of where it goes but then since we won't talk about that can we just talk about like i know we talked about the witches like dense or whatever but the designs of the witches is so interesting yeah like gertrude is such an interesting design i was not expecting it to not be a person or the shape of a person yeah The thing about witches, a lot of times they take on the form of, like, what causes them, um, like, darkness and, you know, the most grief and stuff. Because they explain that witches are born from, like, a tainted soul. And so it's, like, really, like, hurt people that usually become witches. And they lash out to hurt other people. Does each... Which labyrinth have a specific theme to that witch? Because yeah. only seeing this one, we saw what I wrote down is mustache, cotton balls, scissors, butterflies, Alice in Wonderland, yellow submarine, Monty Python. Right. So you a lot it. of it, the last <laughs> part of what you said, the um, Monty Python, submarine, Alice in Wonderland is pretty consistent. It just aesthetically, like, there'll be certain symbols and stuff. Like, one of the witch labyrinths has, like, a lot of syringes and Mm. medications, like, just kind of raining. But there's always a fuck ton of scissors. No matter which witch, it's scissors. Yeah. Yeah. No matter which witch the witch witch went to. I was going to say, this anime had been recommended to me so often. And I would look at the cover, like, especially on Netflix. I was just like, this style, like, the way they're personally drawn does not appeal to me. So I just did not watch it. I was like, I don't want to, like, sit through a magical girl anime where, like, the art style isn't really something that i like to watch and then like my friend from work was like no you need to watch it uh as soon as you get to episode three you're gonna be like what the fuck and i was like all right and then i was just like oh yeah this is weird oh my god like it's kind of weird it's fine and then you get to episode three and you're like oh 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 no oh my god oh no um yeah i was actually surprised at the um serious themes in this just because like they talk about things like suicide and other other things like that just based yeah. on the poster because it looks so cheerful and friendly and mm-hmm. i think like that's part of it right is like they kind of it's not like a like a bait and switch but it is kind of there to be like hey things aren't always what they seem and these tropes that you know are well known and established can be you know, kind of swayed it a different way than you've ever thought about them, mm-hmm. which is what I really like about it. Like their whole point of Magica Cartel was trying to make a magical girl anime that wasn't just like popular with like younger females. They wanted to make something that they were like, like the most shonen boy, the most Josai girl are going to like this. And they really point out that being a magical girl is dangerous, no matter which anime, no matter which anime you're in. Like, look I mean, at look Sailor at how Moon. many times the Sailor Scouts die. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, 
but like it's always wrapped in all these sparkles and stuff and then they do that but like they keep like the heaviness and there are constant warnings about how this you know don't ever take this so lightly like and they also don't hold your like they don't talk down to you when they're talking about the darker stuff and like the more adult themes like you don't feel like you're being treated like a baby like there's not a whole bunch of exposition to like hold your hand through it but it's still very um you could still understand everything that's happening i thought it was pretty clear that homura was not trying to keep them from becoming magic girls because she wants all the presents like i think that we're brought in early on in this that she wants to spare them what she's going through yeah so i imagine that will come up uh, as we go on but she seems pretty miserable yeah not to completely go off uh go off from this line of thought but i did have a question for you skylar because you have seen this anime Mm -hmm. what's up with lord humongous being in the end credits who? Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2 is in the end credits, and I just I need to know why. Uh, okay, so that's what he looks like. Give me one second. At what point in the ending credits? And literally, look up Lord Humongous Madoka Magica. I, I'm down on the only person who's ever asked this question. Okay, so I looked it up, and no one knows. Literally, no one knows. Apparently, it's just an aesthetic choice. Yeah, I don't understand why. No one understands why. Uh, I li- I literally looked that up, and there's like whole threads, whole articles being like, "Why is Lord Humongous in the end credits of just episode two? Apparently, just episode two, and everyone That's is so like, weird. no clue, bro." <laughs> now I need to Google what Lord Humongous looks like. It's like a you little can see a picture of him in person. the end credits if you look up like Lord Humongous Madoka Magica. I literally was like, "Is that that dude from Mad Max?" <laughs> and I literally looked up his name. It's uh, it's just part of the whole collage aesthetic is that they're going to do collages from other things, too. Yeah, but I love that it's literally, A, just in the end credits of episode two, and B, for no reason. Yeah, it literally is him, neck collar and everything, straps and everything. No, like, that's straight up my boy, Lord Humongous. <laughs> that's just, like, uh, the creators being like, you know who we love? Lord, Lord Humongous. Humongous. I've never seen Mad Max. Maybe he has like a personality like type that matches someone in the anime. No, <laughs> I think it just happened. No, no Mad Max <laughs> Easter eggs in every no, episode. No, it's not Mad Maxoka Magica. <laughs> Gosh, I yeah, I'm sorry. That just really threw me for a loop and I just needed to bring it up. <laughs> It, the way it's there, too, makes it seem like he's, like, a big bad villain. I was asking. I was like, oh, is there, like, a character that's a reference to Lord Humongous? Like, no, nope, okay, no, got it. <laughs> I don't think so, no. Clearly not. Everyone is like, no, no reason, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. I mean, I think there's still a lot to talk about with Madoka Magica, but I actually think we want to do something a little different for this episode, which is... Witches. <laughs> Which is, I do want to continue talking about Madoka Magica. And usually, you know, we kind of finish, do our music, do context, and then we come back with closing thoughts. But I actually want to do like a modified version of context today. I actually, instead of watching context clips, I think we should have Beck watch episode three of Madoka Magica. Ooh. 
Because I think you do not get the true essence of Madoka Magica without episode three. Okay. Yeah, 100%. When we were talking about doing this anime in general, I was like, you know what? We should just watch one and episode three. And Peach's like, that's not our format. So no. So I like this fun little fresh kick we have. We're going to get to all the stuff that we normally do later in a bit. We're going to do context now. And that context is going to be episode three of Madoka Magica. So stay tuned, everyone. two other clips. Because if you've seen Madoka Magica, you know why we have to show her episode three. So stay oh, tuned. No. So a little different, but we just watched episode three of... Madoka Magica. Now, Beck, what do you think about the anime? That was really different than the first two. This was not a fun romp uh, with girls <laughs> becoming magical. Still don't have any wishes made, which is, I, I keep waiting for those wishes. Did not expect, I mean, we're allowed to have spoilers here, right? Did not expect Mommy to literally have her head bitten off and die. Can I say, yeah, no, it's it's one of the most unexpected moments in, like, all of anime, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my only thought, since she's on the poster, is that someone's wish will be to bring her back, but, like... I have to say, it's a very uh, Drew Barrymore scream situation. Well, I haven't yes. seen Scream. Is she the garage door one? No, no that's she's, Rose like, in McGowan. the first, like, five minutes and dies. Ew. But everyone was like, but she's Drew Barrymore. Oh, she's, and like, she's, um, like, the centerpiece on the poster. poster. Yeah, she's, like, Captain Phasma. Yeah. Like, you think she's going to be really cool, and she's, like, maybe some people's favorites based on the poster, and then yeah. <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> Wowzers. Uh, can I also say, like, yeah, I really love the design of this witch specifically. Oh, how it's very cartoony. It's it's total Fleischer cartoon. And and very yeah. watercolor, a lot of it, as opposed to the sort of collage aspect of the last one. And I noticed the medical supplies and the operation in progress stuff. But also all the sweets. That's why I'm like, diabetes, maybe? Yeah. And I, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, is this like blood-stained cotton? And then I was like, oh, or... A strawberry shortcake? What am I looking at here? Right. Which that's a great that's a great bear to have in that in that situation. Oh my gosh. Um I like the raining pills too. Like when they're talking, you just see like the pills raining around them. Yeah, that was a good touch. Um I really couldn't tell if and I guess we'll never know if mommy really wanted them to make it so she wasn't alone anymore or if she's just a master manipulator. Because no. I, I think I think she truly was so happy to have someone else because like it was all her inner monologue where she was like, finally, I won't be alone. Yeah. She's like, this is the happiest I've been while like fighting because she knows that she's not going to have to do this alone because and kind of like what she had said, she didn't really have a choice. The choice was like wish to not die right here or die right be- here. Yeah. yeah, it was very like not I'm so sorry to everyone to bring Twilight into this, but it was very like how the Cullens are all about to die before they become vampires. Yeah. And Carlisle's like, do you want to live forever or do you just want to die here? But I feel like it's a little less manipulating than um, Kubei. Kubei straight up is there to like, like, does it on purpose. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And was she in a car accident or a war zone? I couldn't really a tell. Car it's just a car accident. Okay. I was really surprised in that episode that we still don't have wishes from either of them. We ha- we opened up with uh, Sayaka's past and her mom, and I was wondering if her mom was maybe a victim of one of the witches. Wait, what? Well, she because she, she was sick, right? They're in a hospital and she's oh, sick no, and okay. her so, wrist was bandaged? No. Okay. So that's not her mom. That's the boy she likes. It's oh all God. real time. It's not a memory. Um, He's a violinist that she's in love with and he's in the hospital and he can't play the violin anymore. And that's why she was asking um, Mammy if she can uh, make a wish for someone else. Okay. And you know what? She was like, is this wish for someone else or is it for you? And I think that's a great... I think that's that's a great little touch. That's a fair question. I totally misread that scene. I thought that was a flashback to when her mom was sick. And I was like, oh, Sayaka's going to wish for her mom to be alive now. That's why she reacted so strongly. Because when the witch labyrinth was opening, it was at the hospital that he was at. I see. So she's like, oh, don't want anything to happen. Um, And then the other clips we watched, it looks like they become magic girls. Sayaka at that point is a magic girl, but Madoka's not. Oh, really? Okay. And your body is just a shell and you live in your little Fabergé egg soul container. Gem. And it really f- freaks everyone out. And, you know, props to Homura, who seems to be the one keeping it together for everyone. So <laughs> I, I misjudged her based on her serious Victorian jacket. I was gonna say, I really like, you know, after uh, Mammy's, like, tragic death, she's just like, yeah, fucking burn this into your eyes. This isn't, like, fun. Like... This is the reality of the job. Yeah, and and just like when uh, Mommy tied her up and was like, you know, don't struggle, and it'll get tighter if you do, I was like, what is this dynamic? They're they're not one team, one dream, but it's very much like mommy's way or the highway. The thing is, like, they kind of touched on it in the first two episodes is um, they are all like independent contractors and they all need grief seeds because that's what like um, restores their like health and their magic. Right. So they're mm-hmm. all trying to get the grief seed, but you only get one from the witch. So, like, a lot of people are, like, fighting each other to get that grief seed, and she's assuming that Hamura just wants that grief seed, where she's just there to make sure, like, Madoka, like, doesn't become a magical girl or die. For sure. I'm sad Mommy's gone. I'm not generally a gun person, but her her gun work in the episodes we we had her in... Uh, was excellent. She the I don't understand why they're single shot. Why she just keeps pulling them out and pulling them out. But to be it, awesome. To be awesome. But my <laughs> my favorite after she killed the witch, she was just drinking tea. I thought that was a huge. Flex. Oh yeah, I that was it. really cute. It was a very like hair flip. I love that she like uh pulls out a titty gun too. Yeah, it's very yeah. Uh, it's very revolutionary girl Utena. <laughs> With her titty sword. And and guns from under her skirt. They just come from everywhere. 
Yeah, they literally come from anywhere she could manifest them. <laughs> she even has like that cannon. Yeah, that huge one. Yeah, it's insane the things that happen in this. And I think again, episode three really just shakes up the what you think of this anime so much that it's like you can't not do episode three. Yeah. And and I didn't I sort of assumed that every witch labyrinth would be the collage style. So it was very surprising that this one was a completely different style and the witch was a different style. It started out sort of stuffed animal-y and then it went to be sort of a clown worm. Yeah. Because again, like, um, when you become a witch, like, your labyrinth and your body all takes the form of your, like, truest despair. Um, this person's despair just happened to be a creature from Cartoon Network. <laughs> that's not Cartoon Network. That's, like, some, like, Fleischer-ass cuphead fucking... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, the little, like, stuffed animal is very, like, a creature you would see on Cartoon Network. I'm trying to make Cartoon Network happen, Skylar. It's already a thing. I don't have to make it happen. Uh, well, I'm glad you saw that. I'm glad you saw the context. Especially glad you saw it because we did get to ta- see an additional song, which is the true Ending. closing song for the anime. So why don't we, uh, after you're finally discussing the rest of uh, Madoka Magica, why don't we take a quick side step to talk about the music of Madoka Magica? I would like to say uh, just... OP and ending aside, the music playing throughout just the anime is incredible. It's pretty yeah. intense. Yes, and I love it. It like And if you actually notice in episode 1, all the music is slowed down. Hmm. Oh yeah, it's the slowed down true ending song. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very interesting the way that they do sound design in this uh, anime. I really enjoy it. It's so good. But let's talk about that in- intro and outro while we're discussing it. So let's start with the intro that we stick with in general, which is Connect by Claris. Beck, what did you think of that? Uh, it reminded me sort of like 90s, late 90s pop, but not like m- mainstream in that like very, very popular, um, but sort of like... Te- techno club but pop that was the vibe i got you know it's just sort of a light nothing kind of song is what i felt uh yeah i liked it a lot i i liked it i don't think it's anything super special it's very like generic anime intro to me uh but like it has its moments yeah it was cute and it um it definitely plays towards more of what i thought this anime was going to be mm-hmm. than what it seems to be turning into right and i think that's the point of it it's supposed to be like hey this is upbeat this is catchy you're in for a good time it like it lulls you in it makes you think that you're going to get that like like girl power um like togetherness is great we're going to yeah. save the world <laughs> Uh, and speaking of that girl power togetherness is the world thing, let's talk about the first outro, which was See You Tomorrow by Aoi Yuki. Uh, it's so sugary sweet. Oh my it's god. Like too sweet. Yeah. It's like a fucking conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, it but makes... it's like folksy in a way too. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down 70s soft rock. I it really makes sense that they end up changing it to a different vibe because this also doesn't feel like it goes with what we've now seen the show to be. I was like, oh, this is a child singing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the voice actress. I think oh, so. Oh wow, okay. 
Well, then, yeah, let's talk about that alternate vibe. Then let's talk about the true ending to this anime, which is Magia by Calafina. I feel like it's so brilliant, right? Like, it really was like, all right, we just fucked you up. Guess what? True, dark, intense ending. There you go. Yeah, that fits a lot more in what with what we're seeing in the show now. I don't really have anything to super compare it to in, like, the way I did with the first two, but I, I thought it fit a lot better to the uh to the show i really like it i think it's a banger 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 of an ending um and just a banger of a song i I think it's something that like it's gonna be such a weird like tangent it's something that like i like now but like in middle school i would have pretended to hate uh, (laughs) just because like it wasn't like punk or something you know (laughs) and like and I think I say that because of the artist I ended up choosing because I was like, yeah, I definitely like did not like this artist back then. And I still don't super like them, but like we'll get there. <laughs> so then with all of those thoughts uh, in, let's jump into uh, let's jump into the segment. What modern or contemporary artists do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? So, Beck, why don't you tell us who you think would have done a good job with Connect by Claris? Okay, so bear with me. I led into it a little bit um, in the pop, but not as mainstream, but more like club thing. And what this reminded me of was when the Spice Girls split up and they all went off and started doing their own things uh, because I got real I Wish vibes by Victoria Beckham in this song. And so I went with Victoria Beckham. There you go. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I see that. I like that a lot. I mean, it's very, again, it's very deep cut, but like... (laughs) <laughs> that's that's where you gotta go <laughs> uh skylar what about you so i kind of went like that like pop kind of sound as well um i think robin would do a really good job oh. okay i think you know what you guys are going the same route and it's like very jarring because i'm like oh wow i went such a different route and i, I agree <laughs> with you guys more uh but i like robin a lot for it actually i went with florence and the machine I could see that, though. I think Florence and the Machine would do a great job. Yeah, that gets more of the sort of background of the music, too, which Victoria Beckham does not. Yeah, so I I think that's where I went with it. But yeah, it's very different vibes, but it's a very... It's hard to place. Like, it's it's not like, oh, yeah, clearly it's this. It's like you kind of have to dig regardless, which I think you also have to do with the next song, which will go with See You Tomorrow by Aoyuki. Who do you think would have done a good job with that, Beck? Okay, so again, the 70s soft rock is where I went with this. And you guys know, like, I don't, I don't know music as well as both of you do. So I kind of had to go with what does this sound like? Like, what song does this sound like? And then who would sing that song? So that's how I worked back. And I had a really hard time choosing between two different people in this. And the one I did not choose is Linda Ronstadt. And the one I did choose is Olivia Newton-John. Okay. Okay. I could could see see that. that. Yeah, I could see that. I I think it's an interesting choice, but, like, not in a bad way. Like, (laughs) I just think, like, I, I think I was so, like, I was so caught off guard by the vocals that i was like i can't even focus on the vocals let's go straight to the like background music Mm, yeah (laughs) i get it um what about you sky similar to what you said pj is like i got so hung up on the vocals that like literally anything happening in the background just like faded away and i think someone that could do this job pretty well because if you listen to her complete like discography she sings with a baby voice and she even admits it but Billie Eilish would do a really cute version of this you know I actually 
had Billie Eilish on like my list, but I again I, I I went the opposite of you. I didn't drown out the background and focus on the singing. I drowned out the singing and focus on the background. So right. that's why I think. But Billie Eilish was a first choice for me. Okay, cool. Wow, that's cool. Since I focused on the background music more, so I realized kind of how <laughs> folky it was. Yeah. And with that, I ended up with Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Oh, I see. See, when you said Florence and the Machine, I was like, they would have been good for the ending. I I don't know. You know, this was a weird one. The music's weird. Except for the next song, which I had no no issue picking an artist for. Was uh, it so Evanescence? No, I'm more creative <laughs> than that. Uh, so let's see. Uh, and also, it would have. I my choice is would have. It's better than Evanescence for this song. Oh. Who would have done Magia by Calafina? Beck, again, as always, we'll start with you. Okay, so this one, I couldn't think of anyone who did this who it has female vocalists. So I just went with kind of more the vibe of the song. And the the group I went that I felt like was the song is Rise Against. Oh, yeah, I really okay. like that. That is a very, like, a very good, like, vibe correlation. I like that. Yeah, I love Rise Against. I think they would have done a really good job with this. Thank you. Who did you go with, PJ? I I agree with Beck. There's not really a female vocalist that I feel like goes in this range usually in English singing. Uh, and it and even if they do, it's not with this type of background music. But there's a band that goes into this range and has this exact type of background music, even the intense violin, and that's Black Veil Brides. I I agree with you. Um, I just don't like Black Veil. I don't like Black Veil Brides either. Again, I made it very clear. Yeah. This is a band that I would have said I don't like, and I still don't really like. But I know in middle school and high school, I would have actively hated them for no reason, regardless. Yeah, because I did. I've I've <laughs> tried to like them, and I was just like, it's too hard. But like, as soon as it started, I was like, this feels like Blackfield Brides, and I literally put on a Blackfield Brides song, and I was like, this is the same song. Right. I don't I don't know them, but I like the name. <laughs> uh they but it's it's very much this vibe uh what about you skylar then you seem like you're you're a little excited about yours okay so like i was struggling between three and all three are so different like kind of like you guys when i was going in the mail route i was like should i do system of a down i think they would sound amazing if they did this and i was like no i want to stick to the female so it was like poppy because poppy came out with that metal album it was great but her voice is literally just so too high and I think based off voice, I think Christina Perry would do a phenomenal job, especially with all her fucking like depressing music. All you have to do is add some drums to it and it would be like a perfect uh, equation for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. I, yeah, I would have never gotten there just because like Christina Perry <laughs> makes such different music. But I, I like the journey you took us on on where, where Christina Perry could get there. I mean, she has some, like, really, really dark music. I know, but this is more, like, goth rock than dark. Yeah, and again, like, if you just add some drums to literally any of her songs, <laughs> then it's this song. I think you'd also have to add, I think you'd have to add quite a bit, but I agree regardless. <laughs> All right, well, I love that. I love those choices. Normally, this is where we stop for context, but we've already gotten that out of the way. So why don't we uh, jump straight into kind of our round out thoughts. So we've gotten what you think based on the context. So I just want to ask then, Beck, after watching everything, do you have a favorite character you ended up with? Um, I, uh, gosh, so obviously I went in really hard on Mommy, but knowing that 
the next nine episodes or or and movies and whatever won't have her in them. Well, that's debatable. Oh, really? I guess I'm really vibing on Sayaka. I think she's she is kind of quippy and and funny, and I'm interested in finding out what her background is. But I also think that Humora is right and always there and really trying to keep these girls from making a mistake. So she's really growing on me. I love that. I mean, yeah, Humura is totally my favorite character. From she's what also my favorite this. character. Humura is a is a badass. A B. She actually like doesn't want to fuck these kids over, unlike everyone else. Uh, I just I respect I respect her a lot. Talk about like being cruel to like a protagonist. That's literally just like what Hamura is. Well, in that scene where she chases down Sayaka's soul gem, and yeah, that was like so badass. And everyone else is just falling to pieces, and Humura's like, "I'll do it." You know, here's your soul gem, and that seems to be kind of what she does. She gets the job done, but she also doesn't want other people to fall into what she has fallen into. Right. I I agree. Like. I think Beck's like journey with her is such a accurate description like depiction of yeah. what the anime wants you to feel about her. It's like, oh, like she's like this anti-magical girl. Oh wait, no, she's like just not a shitty person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they really try to like fuck her over in the beginning with like fan bases by like having her attack a super cute little animal. Yeah, yeah. that got me. I was like, ugh, she sucks. <laughs> that sociopathic little demon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's big of a least favorite character. Well, and it really comes full circle back to why you shouldn't have middle schoolers sign life contracts. contracts. (laughs) And Homura gets it, and and no one else seems to. With all of that said, you saw the context. You told us your favorite character. I mean, it's time that we have you sign a contract of your own. (laughs) Uh, And I know that that's your specialty, so I'm going to have to really get specific with how I'm going to word this. Here in 2-4th, you are going to sign away your right to have any say on how the rest of this podcast goes. And in return, <laughs> you get to tell us what you thought of this anime. And I, I, I know that sounds like you don't really get anything out of that. Like we get everything out of that contract, but don't think about it too much. Just tell us the answer to the question. Would you keep watching Puella Magi Madoka Magica? I definitely would. Hell yeah. That is a kawaii success yes. in the book. <laughs> uh, I thought I would, you know, after the first two and now knowing where it goes, I still feel that way. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely not what I expected. It's for after a the different reason two. now. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, I mean, it's it's such a unique anime. It's it's so different. It's such a, like I said, in like the very, very, it's a subversion of the genre and not a subversion in like a fun way, like when we did Magical Girl Ore last week, but more of a like, oh, this is like so different. <laughs> I yeah, I truly loved this anime when I first saw it. I'm excited to finish it. Yeah, I'm excited that you liked it. So with that a wide success in the book, let's see if we can keep this hype trainer rolling because it's time for Is there an MV for that? AMV Anime Music Videos. Is there an MV for that? All right, Beck. Well, uh, a little quick context. An AMV is an anime music video where someone takes clips from an anime and edits them together to a popular or sometimes not that popular song. Regardless, I want you to come up with a song and artist that you think there is an AMV for Puella Magi Madoka Magica 2. Okay, so this 
I thought a lot about this because, you know, I think a lot about everything. But um, what I was thinking is maybe not appropriate now that I've seen episode three. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because what I went with was every little thing she does is magic by the police. Uh, Unfortunately, Uh there is no AMV. I will say in general, I think there's one AMV ever. To every little thing she does is magic. Really? Uh, to this anime called that I've never heard of. <laughs> what is it called? To this anime. Oh well, no. I've se- I've found a handful now. Now that I've just searched every little thing she does is magic, there are a handful. Uh, the one that I had seen was Noragami. Oh, I love Noragami. <laughs> uh, and there's actually also one to that makes sense to former episode of uh, Your Lie in April. But unfortunately, oh there's God. none for Puella Magica, Madoka Magica. And unfortunately, that's kind of where we're going to land on that. Because I don't oh think no. there's... But let me see if there's any AMVs to any song by the police to <laughs> Puella Magica, Madoka Magica. It's like Roxanne. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, while there isn't every little thing she does this magic, there is every breath you take. So technically, that's still two points because there oh, is an AMV straight up is a for the song. police. Two oh, Madoka yeah, Magica. So maybe not a full three, but definitely a solid two. Hey. What about you, PJ? Do you have an AMV you're thinking of? I do. I did prepare for this this time because I'm usually caught off guard because I forget that I'm, I'm a person on this podcast and not just like a <laughs> robot who speaks. I thought long and hard about it. And I was like, you know what? And when you said it earlier, I was like, ooh, I wonder if it, it, it like was like, ooh. We're thinking somewhat similar. I went with Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish. Ah, probably, actually. Probably more the vibe that this show ends up being. Because a lot of friends are buried. Uh, yes, <laughs> there's several. <laughs> oh, and the screenshot is uh, Mommy right before she fucking gets her head bitten. <laughs> ah, that's oh, so no. good. I love that. Absolutely love that. But... Back, there's actually a chance you might still get three points. Yes. So now it's time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point. Is there an AMV for Madoka Magica to Evanescence Bring Me to Life? So you have listened to a handful of the episodes of the podcast, so you know a little bit about it. But basically, there's almost always an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life because there's no better AMV song that Evanescence is bringing me to life. So do you think there will be one? I do. I 100% do. I'm happy to report that a million percent, yes. A hundred percent, of course, there are so many. I feel like there's no other anime more qualified than this. (laughs) Uh, But that that brings your total score to a solid three points uh, with that secret bonus point thrown in there. So at the end of the day, while we uh, might not have gotten the the secret of fourth point, the secret four points, you did, with that secret fourth point, get a a total of three points and a Kawhi success on your first foray into the Kawhi Disappointment podcast. That's good. I feel Woo! like I can believe in things again. <laughs> you could believe in magic. Madoka magic. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, all of that said, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for you guys today. Uh, Beck, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you both. 
This was really fun. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and I hope that you, as our listeners, also had fun and had a fun time, a good time, a Puella time, a Madoka time, a Magi time, a, Maj- a Magica time, a sad time, a Fleischer clown worm death time. But regardless of whatever time you had, that is the end of our time. Uh, and until next time, I hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I have been PJ. I've been Skylar. And I'm Beck. All right, bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kawaii On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. <laughs>